The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to the Angel Tarot Show with best-selling author and Angel Tarot expert, Radley Valentine. Plan your week ahead with gentle guidance from your angels, combined with the wisdom of Tarot, and create the magical life you deserve. Hey everybody, it is Radley here with the Angel Tarot Show. If you are listening to this, so glad you could hear us on mindbodyspirit.fm. If you are watching us, it is so great to see you on YouTube. So we have a really super fun event for you today. I have astrologer and lightworker extraordinaire Elizabeth Pendleton with me today. Now, Elizabeth and I go way back. So she's been intimate with my astrological chart for many more years than I am willing to admit. (laughs) So, But she is an amazing astrologer, a lovely person and a friend. And so Elizabeth is here to talk to us a little bit about what is going on astrologically for the rest of 2023. And we're going to tie that into some archangels as well. Like what kind of energy is happening for that particular month and what archangel might be really great to help us with those kinds of energies, be they challenging or blessings. So, hey, Elizabeth, welcome. Hello, and hello to everybody watching and listening. Welcome, and very nice to connect. Yes, it is. So, where do you want to start? Well, you know, in preparing for the show and knowing the beauty, wonder, and randomness of the, you know, the interwebs, I was like, (laughs) you know, that's, you know, these things can come out. And, you know, to listeners, the the first thing I would say is even if you're watching this in October, it's like, that's when those messages are supposed to find you. So we're recording this um, the 14th of July, and we're at the beginning of one of the years, two of the year's biggest shifts which are the nodes, you know, um, shifting the nodes of the moon. And we'll talk about that. And then Venus going retrograde in Leo, um, which hasn't happened for eight years. Venus goes retrograde, but it hasn't done so in Leo for eight years. So those are going to be, those are some of the key signatures of the whole year. So as we're recording this, those are getting underway And so we can talk about like how they're playing out and then maybe put them even in the context of this very big year that has seen the key things leading up to this, which would be Pluto. I'm really curious how you experience Pluto dipping into Aquarius. It's now back in Capricorn when we're recording this. Um, And of course, Saturn going into Pisces, which I've found so far to be so much more relaxed, <laughs> like so much, <laughs> so much more like, you know, cause it's Saturn, right? The planet I, with the ring, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we think of it as structures or restrictions, depending on your perspective. 
but in Pisces, right? So mutable water, the flow, the integration, the nebulous kind of quality. Um, so that's just been such an interesting one. But my first impressions of it, and I'm curious about yours, because that, and for people, you know, um, viewing and watching along, that was March 7th. March was kind of a big month this year. It's both when Saturn and Pluto made some changes, and that's kind of big. But I'm curious, how has your first experience, and that's with the Saturn thing, even though it's retrograde now through November 4th, it will not be going back into Aquarius now for another, you know, 28 years or so. So how have you, have you noticed it or, cause you're mutable. So Saturn has not been my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I really haven't enjoyed Saturn this year. Um, It's it's a Saturn year for me. And it's there's been some in my personal chart, some not fun um, dances going on with Saturn. So I, I have called it jokingly and not jokingly being under the oppressive thumb of Saturn. Um, so, uh, right. And so it's like, for me, it's all about structure and discipline and, 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 and really putting the screws to me about, you know, am I doing things the right way, the conservative way? Am I being a good steward? Am I, and, and what things do I need to change in particular in my business? How I do how I do business, how I interact my company, and so it's been intense, and I think it's going to for me be intense until February, when things start to get better, things Saturn start to like just move on, little doggy move on from, <laughs> from those degrees in your chart. Go away. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you for your advice and consideration. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a, I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, I don't, I don't want to throw the term survivor around, you know, too lately, but I have to, if, if I couldn't make light of Saturn, you know, you're talking to, I just, we were talking about it before the show. I just finished my second Saturn return and it was a monster, you yeah. know, it was by the end of it, you know, even all my natural resilience was <laughs> just move on. Exactly. So I, I know where you are. It will move on and then hopefully mellow out. And and the thing is, you know, the resource there, I feel like for people, it is in such a spiritual sign, you know, so you do always have that ability to reflect inwardly and apply, you know, because we can think of all this great quote, spiritual stuff or what I've seen it show up for clients so far is really putting their creative and spiritual aspirations into a practice, you know, that's probably one of its best forms because Saturn is that structure that says, okay, if you want to, whatever it is, be a better meditator, right? That's, Mm -hmm. it's almost a cliche, but anybody who's really trying to spend time with that goes, yeah, like I have the attention span of a gnat. And so Saturn, you know, being that container you know, and just figuring out where that works in someone's life, you know, and going, okay, you know, like I'm, I can give that time, you know, time, Saturn, Kronos, um, chronological, and put that there. But also I feel like the 
the other beauty of it is the cracking open emotionally. So we can look at the blocks when they come up or the resistance and, you know, Pisces, it'll just make you cry. You know what I mean? If you go into like, why, what story am I telling myself? Why am I getting myself so upset? Why am I? Do I like this story? (laughs) Yeah. And of course, mutable. How do I change it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, you know, if we can let it soften, you know, um, and <laughs> that said, though, Mars did just go into Virgo. So we're going to get a Mars opposition to Saturn in these next, you know, we're like, because they take a while to back into each other and become exact. So I'd say from this, you know, mid-July to mid-August period where you do feel the rough Martian energy where it is a struggle, you can kind of work on that. I always look at them as a continuum. So if we have Mars at three o'clock in Virgo, you know, and Saturn at nine o'clock in um, Pisces, it's not that you have to pick one or the other. You just find your place along that continuum, you know, and go, okay, how do I use the logic of Mercury ruled Virgo? How do I work in there to maybe get some specific guidance, but then move it over to the softer side of Pisces and then find my little Saturn container for it, you know? Mm-hmm. There are just ways to work with, I think, the energies as they come. (laughs) And for me, it's like, I think that when the energy is like that, a really great archangel is Shamuel. Because I love Shamuel because it's like, I I talk all the time that I think when I was being taught by the teachers that I had, Shamuel was a little bit like sort of relegated to the whole concept of finding my car keys. You know, it was like the eyes of God. He can find anything that's lost. And Shamuel is so much more than that. And Shamuel, for me, his, his beauty is the archangel of personal peace, finding your personal peace. While we have this, this, this Mars energy and this Saturn energy and living on this, um, this spectrum that you're talking about, it's like having an archangel that can just help us to breathe and go, okay, I'm just going to be at peace. It's going to be Okay. You know, maybe we throw a little Joe Fiel fuchsia pink in there to keep our thoughts positive so that we don't tell ourselves stories we don't like. And it's so easy to do so when there are there's challenging energy in the sky that kind of puts us in this space of, oh, my gosh, everything's wrong. Everything's wrong. Everything's wrong. Rather than, well, everything's not, it's not wrong. It's just this moment in time where I'm learning something and I'm going to do it from a place of positivity and peace. Yeah, so well said. And that's the thing that Marsh, that Martian energy can feel really hard, you know, like cutting, piercing, you know, like I started out having a good day and then boom, you know, this thing comes in and it's just, you know, triggering me or, you know, wasn't, wasn't in the daily (laughs) kind of how I envisioned my day. But then, like you said, soft, you know, calling in the archangel, refocusing the story and knowing you're so much bigger than any specific thing that comes up in the day that can be a point of reflection or not, or you can just say, you know what, I'm not going to let that hijack my day. It's just a thought or just a situation. I can manage that or me put it off for another day, whatever it is, whatever is going to be the best thing in that moment. And then go, what was my vision for the, for the day? You know, what did I call the angels around me? you know, this morning, what were you intent on doing? And then just go right back on track. Right. You know, 
and just, you know, not, I'm reading a really good book called The Choice Point. And it's about all the thoughts, you know, that, that we're having during the day and how when, and it's so funny because it's in such like the psychological language, but it is saying how if we are aligned with an overall purpose or intention, things will come up that want to divert us. And that feels very Mars and Virgo, right? So that piercing, jumping right in, in the Mercury ruled sign. So the thought that wants to hijack us or run away, you know, make us run away from what we intended to do. And it's so much, it's just great sometimes to see it in that other academic language of no, no, no. You know, like if you get back to that center, then you can choose what you engage with in that much more peaceful place from that centered place. And it, it doesn't seem like a conflict anymore. You're like, oh, I saw that one. No, you don't. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, I think that's, and, and there'll be um, in, as we're kind of flowing into the conversation, we got a, a couple more Mercury retrogrades this year in that first yeah, one. Okay. So that yeah. makes people panic. So I okay. think a little bit, but so okay. tell people why they shouldn't panic about a Mercury retrograde. Oh my gosh. Well, one, we have them three, four times a year, right? You guys, <laughs> old hat. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you back up your hard drive, which we all know we should do anyway. And, you know, maybe look, um, I always recommend people know their, their chart to, to the best. And what I also always, I mean, I just say to everybody, like, we're all still learning, you know? So, cause I know some people, the thought of first looking at their chart, it's just overwhelming. They're like, what are all those <laughs> symbols? Right. And, you know, so start to learn your way around the chart, but as you get better, and again, we're all in evolution, you know, I can read a book that I read 10 years ago and get a new insight, you know what of I course. mean? So it's just another layer but if you start to look at your chart and look at the house, I'm really big on rising sign and, and knowing knowing that because that will tell you where the retrograde is. You know, is it in your 10th house? Is it in your fifth house? And so that is going to be very different. And, you know, is there a strong aspect to something else in the chart that that retrograde is activating. And that just kind of helps give you your bearings. So, you know, which area to kind of be mindful of, or to say, let me maybe minimize the potential for disruptions or, you know, or is it again, another point to reconsider some things there, you know, is something coming up in my seventh house that I really should review? you know, and rethink or rethink of how I'm interacting with it. So, you know, if we think of Mercury, which I love, I'm glad we actually got on to Mercury, um, but let me hold that thought. It is a, in a retrograde, it's there for reframing. If you think of all your rewords, reconsider, reframe, rethink, revisit, then it's not so scary. You're just review, you know, we just get to step back specifically if something we're considering like oh it went wrong we can go what is that or am i how am i even defining that is that actually the case or is this like again another opening to look at it differently and then consider my options and 
you know, maybe change plans moving forward or tweak things. Okay. So these Mercury retrogrades are when? Oh, let's see. I got some notes here. So the first one we're going to get starts on August 23rd, just as the sun goes into Virgo. So it's just got a, you know, it's Mercury in its home, which is Virgo, which is all the specifics, details for writers. This is an amazing time for edits. (laughs) Look at it too, Radley. (laughs) I figured. (laughs) I know. I didn't even plan that. Um, And then we, it's till September 15th. And for those who do specific um, degrees, it's starting at 21 degrees of Virgo and going all the way back to eight degrees of Virgo for people who know their charts well. But if that's all gobbledygook to people, don't worry about it. It's just in Virgo, which is communication. And it's one of Mercury's homes. It's mutable earth. And the image, and this is where it's really fun to riff with you. The One of the images that always comes to me with Virgo is... I always see this really nice, like thoughtful lady in her pantry. You know? <laughs> and she's, it's around, you know, the time where we change into the um, autumn here and then, and she's looking and just saying, okay, what do I have? You know, if I'm going to make some recipes or do some canning, what do I need? You know, what am I low on? What do I have a lot of? And then what can I make from the things that I have? And it's such a gentle image, but Virgo goes through the pantry, you know, it, it assesses be, instead of just going out to the grocery store or just hitting a bunch of buttons and ordering stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so thoughtful, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to make some curry. Then I need you know, my cardamom and my curry powder. And, you know, it, it, and it checks, you know, Oh yeah. I'm almost out of that. And it is kind of a little analytical and people could say picky, but you know, that's again, part of that shadow stuff that I think like, if we find ourselves getting overly that way, we, again, that revisiting, we got Saturn that will be opposing the sun and Mercury to go relax, you know, you're, let's find the place on the continuum, you know? Yeah. Yep. So to me, because we've got this whole issue of communication. So that to me is Gabriel helping us to be in this space where we have the perfect words for everything that we are saying and and the ability to communicate accurately and clearly with other people. But also, I think that from that whole assessment standpoint, that Virgo standpoint, that makes me want to think of Uriel, because Uriel is so much about, is so analytical. I mean, he's more than that. But a lot of people really focus on the analytical aspect of Uriel. And, you know, I love Uriel. I've got my gold heart right here, yeah. you know, but, you know, he he can help us to really analyze things and really like understand from a soft way what is going on right now. You know, because Uriel, the other thing about Uriel that I love is that he's the archangel of transformation. And if we look at a Mercury retrograde, in particular Mercury retrograde in Virgo, where we're looking at the details of things, it's like, we can take this opportunity to be annoyed by it all, or we can take this opportunity to learn something and help it to transform our lives moving forward. So why not do the latter? So for me, Gabriel and Uriel, the communication, making sure that we're being understood and that we are understanding and also being able to analyze what's happening to us. Yeah. You know, that reminder of, it's the day-to-day details that make up that bigger picture and the day-to-day choices. So I would say 
you know, one of the hits that I was getting as you were saying that is like people saying, well, I have this bigger life goal of, you know, X. And this is such a good aspect for reflecting upon, okay, on a daily or weekly basis, what am I doing to further that goal? And which things am I doing that are really undermining it? You know what I mean? And not in a mean way, but just to, like you say, assess and go, okay, well, let me slow down on that thing that's not helping the goal, that's actually pushing it away or blocking it. And maybe I can work on, and maybe there's a, an archangel to work on when we want to, you know, Pisces has this, you know, association with addictions, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, how getting too, too nebulous and not having enough structure. So that idea of, as that we roll through that retrograde saying, or being reminded of, wait, what is the larger picture and what am I doing, you know, Virgo daily habits that's in furtherance of that. And it could be a deepening of your spiritual practice. It could be buying a new home. It could, you know, going back to school, whatever it is, but helping us see that we can be more and more in alignment with it. So what's next? Oh, well, so if, if we finish up with our little friend, Mercury, the okay, next yes. one, I was thinking of you when we did those, because I was like, so the, we get one that starts at the, um, during the sun Sag cycle. So on December 13th, oh. um, I know, well, the good news about this one, it goes direct on New Year's day. So I'm like, yay, we start oh. 2024 with that's, Mercury that's going cool. direct. That's really cool. I know. And Jupiter goes direct like two days before it. So I was like, oh, very nice. You know, just whatever we're finishing up by that time, or again, that review period. And think about this, like, I mean, obviously one of the big cultural things is I mean, we get busy with the holidays, but it's also a time when a lot of people assess or plan for the next year. So um, this one's going to be going back and forth between Sagittarius, and then it's going to retrograde on the 23rd of December back into Capricorn. Oh, and Capricorn. Yeah, that's right. Hold on, wait a second. You just said, that's right. It starts in Capricorn. I'm so sorry. And then it goes into (laughs) Sagittarius. I'm like going, huh? (laughs) I know. She's like Elizabeth. How's it doing that? that? Okay, so we're going to go into Capricorn, go back into Sag. Go back into Sag on the 23rd of uh, December, and then it will will go direct on New Year's Day. Um, So it will be, let me find that one. I got that one. So it will be back. It will start at eight degrees of Capricorn. And then it will wind its way back to 22 of Sag by the end of the retrograde. So that's what I was excited about. We're starting the year with Mercury and Sag. And I was like, I kind of like that. That's such an optimistic note. It, Mercury is an optimistic, it is an optimistic note. and Just as Jupiter goes direct, like two days before. So I was like, oh, Jupiter doing oh, the right wow, things. Mercury. very Jupiter-Sag-y. For people who yeah. don't know, uh, uh, Jupiter is ruled by Sag. So, so that's, they, they love each other. They're very happy together. So I, I really like that. You know what, to what I also really like about that too, though, is that um, the holidays, I think for us, or at least for me, are a reflective time. You know, it's like, I, I don't, I'm not always successful, Elizabeth, this doesn't always work, but I try as best I can to make December the month that I don't have big things to do. 
because I, you know, it's my birthday. It's my mother's birthday. It's Christmas Eve, which is my favorite day of the year. It's just a lot. And, you know, I've worked so hard all year long and I almost never take a vacation at all. My team yells at me all the time, but it's like in December, I try to cocoon, you know, I, I really try to like hide. And so I like the reflectiveness of that. I also kind of wonder if, if that happening start the, the Mercury in uh, Capricorn starting in Capricorn might keep people from overspending yeah that that and that's that you know yeah valuation of again our our friend Saturn (laughs) Um, but also just as an earlier again and not to go into the like cliche Mercury retrogrades but yeah this would not be the one where I personally would want to be doing cross-country traveling. I mean, December 13th to New Year's Day, right. <laughs> Mercury retrograde, or I'd have just lots of contingencies or just be prepared, you know, because it's a heavy time of travel anyway. And that is like something Mercury rules and the sad aspect as well, long distance. Um, so that one, see, that's where we can look ahead and go, okay, we don't have to freak out or get scared about it. But if we know we have options, you know, you travel with your, you know, little trail mix or your backup, you know, power source, or just, you know, you just kind of know I'm going into that, you know, hopefully it's, everything's on time, but if it's not, I had a good thing about the travel insurance or whatever it is, but that is, you know, that overlap definitely jumped out on that really practical level, but I like your idea, you know, the hitting that winter solstice period too. So powerful, like Mm -hmm. for reflection and going inward, that darkest moment, knowing that the light's going to return and thinking ahead of like, what are we going to be doing with that time? And then sad, of course, the possibilities and the blessings of Jupiter and yeah, Mm -hmm. kind of putting it out there for that coming year. So I am really, really, really glad you brought that up because I generally do not travel in December, but you're right. A lot of people do. And so knowing this, this this completely changes what I might have said from an archangel standpoint. So Archangel Raphael is an archangel that most people generally associate with physical healing. But Raphael has a side gig, and that is that he is the archangel of travel. This comes from a non-canonical book uh, that uh, that just basically means it's an old text that didn't make it into the Bible, but it, where it talked about Raphael having been sent on a task by the divine that included going on a journey with someone. And so Raphael is great for if you're going to be traveling. And in fact, I found some little angels of Raphael, just little tiny angels, and I throw them in my luggage. So that my luggage gets where I need it to go. And, you know, but he can help to smooth out those kinds of obstacles and challenges. I think Michael is great for safety, protection, things not breaking, you know, so like planes. (laughs) Therefore, you don't go anywhere. But, you know. I think Michael and Raphael would be really, really good for that. But also I would throw in a third and say Metatron. And the reason I'm saying Metatron is because Metatron is sort of the archangel of time. And so if we're running late, if if we're like going, oh my God, my plane left late. I only had a 45 minute time frame to switch planes. 
I'm going to barely make it asking Metatron to help us to stretch out the time so that we will get to our connecting flight on time. And, and it's not just also about airfare airlines. It can be any kind of travel where oh, yeah. you are having these things. But if you're going to be traveling during this time where, you know, Mercury's doing a dance, then those are the angels that I would suggest. If you are not traveling, then I'm going to throw you in a totally different direction and say Archangel Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is the Archangel of Life uh, Review. And here we are at the end of the year. And here we are in this moment where a lot of people are celebrating, but I, and maybe I'm just wrong, but it is impossible for me to be in what I call the season of light. So we, I don't care what it is, if you call it Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you call it. The season of light to me is just so reflective. Thus, the winter solstice, this whole moment of what happened this year. We're getting close to the end of the year. And so we start to look backwards right before we do look forwards. So there is something magical about this Mercury retrograde being when it is and in the being in the signs it's in of this whole aspect of where was I this year? Where do I want to be next year? Jeremiah helped me to make that assessment and to make choices for myself that are going to be choices of joy for 2024. Yeah. And I think that the, that, you know, area that it's, that it's moving that Sag archetype of here are the possibilities and it's Jupiter ruled. It's expansive. It's where that inkling of excitement just gets mm-hmm. planted. You know, there's, there's just a joy that comes with that inspiration and a motivation. And then where the Capricorn part is helpful is again, it's Saturn ruled. So it gives us a, again, a structure. And so when Mercury starts moving ahead, it will then finish out Sag. And then we'll get to start putting all those ideas into place and into practice when it rolls through Capricorn in January. And so we get to like, oh, that's what I was excited about. Now I get to like try it on and start to implement it. So that that's one of the nicer aspects of, you know, the Capricorn, you know, piece of that. It's like not just in hope and aspiration, it's being able to apply it to, to, I mean, you know, really practical and pragmatic points. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Okay, so what else? Well, the other, the, the other two biggies between now and the end of the year, the biggies, um, I would say the Venus retrograde that is just oh, getting right. underway and, and the nodes um, shifting, you know, and, and, you know, getting into their um, Aries Libra part. So whichever one you want to explore, mm-hmm. we can, you know. Okay. So take it from you. 
No, go, go to Venus. Go ahead. This Venus. Okay, so Venus retrograde, that is technically going to be from July 22nd to September 3rd, but we've been in it. We've been in this since June when Venus first entered Leo, probably about June 5th or 6th, and then it leaves on October 8th. But for the people who are a little deeper into their astrology, they know there's a shadow period right. for a retrograde. And so we've been in that since June 19th, and we don't leave that till October 7th. So, you know, it's Venus, it's in Leo. So there's, you know, again, for those who have their chart and can figure out where that that's going on, which house that's more helpful, but some general things to think about. Um, Venus's uh, desire, you know, what we love, what gives us pleasure. It's also in Leo, which is highly creative, expressive, is not afraid to lead and to get out there. It's got like the, you know, it's heart rules the heart. So it's courage. It's the lion who says, you know, if you guys aren't going to start the parade, <laughs> I will, you know, and, and so I would look at it's, it's also super playful. I, I don't think astrologers talk about that enough in it. So, you know, time in your life where if you're feeling a little stuck or like it's all just chores or duty and responsibility, you know, one of this can be look, looking at is where can I bring in a little more fun, a little more play or make a little more time for things that I really enjoy doing. And you'd be surprised by just cracking that open um, and getting to have that experience a little more often for yourself, mm -hmm. how it brings you back to the duties and responsibilities with such a refreshed, you know, we call it recreation, right? Recreation, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we then come back to the job, the whatever, like, you know, refreshed, ready to like with a completely different attitude. So I would look at that. And what's exciting about this one is that Uranus and Jupiter are 90 degrees away, roughly speaking, in Taurus. So this one's going to be activated. And one of the best parts that I felt, and I'm curious for your thoughts on this, is Mars was just in Leo all the way up till the 10th of July when it went into Virgo that we were just talking about. And I was like, oh, we just dodged one with Venus retrograde not having a Martian element in there mm -hmm. because this is yes it's a square you know it's going to square jupiter and uranus each three times so if you think of you know back to my clock you know if venus is at 12 o'clock and jupiter and uranus are at nine i do that so people can visualize that 90 degree angle um and squares you know a lot of times astrologers are like oh the squares they bring things to a head and they do but to me, to have Mars having left that, think of Mars, it's gone on to 10 o'clock. So it's just not creating that kind of tension. Jupiter being there is such a more positive aspect for what do we on earth that we can revision in a positive way and see those possibilities and start playing with them more in our lives, you know? Um, so I'm liking that there's a really dynamic element to this because Uranus, it, you know, it is the change maker and it will be squaring Venus 
three times during this whole period. So really June, July, August, September, which is such a long time for Venus to stay in one place. If people can see anything that seems like a disruption and then reflect on a little further, it's like, okay, that piece of the puzzle is changing (laughs) Um, or needing to be moved. It maybe wasn't fitting into the place I thought it was supposed to go to. Where do I want to, you know, put that now? Yeah. You know, and it's funny because it's like people don't like change. You know, with all of my Sagittarius, I kind of eat it like Fruit Loops for breakfast. But (laughs) most people don't. Most people don't want things to change. I feel like, you know, it's like this thing with if we're going to have the this change maker, you know, interacting with Venus, our our desires, our happiness. So it's like, well, how did what does that look like? And how do we perceive it correctly? So this is bringing me back to Jophio. It's bringing me back to this. I'm going to look at things through rose colored glasses, but I mean that in a positive way, you know, see it in a positive way and go, this is all going to be okay. There is a reason for this. And I have a deck that is coming out next year. You and I were talking about it. It's an affirmation deck. And one of my absolute favorite affirmations for myself personally. Um, there, I have two and the, the two that I use all the time and I put them in the deck on purpose because when you think of an affirmation deck, you might think of lofty stuff and there's a little bit of loftiness in it, but there's also just the now. And one of those affirmations for me is I am all right, right now, right now, everything is okay. Because one of the things when we see change is what we do is I call it future tripping. Okay. We start tripping out over the future. And so it's like trying to stay in the moment and go, I am all right right now. Right now, everything is okay. And the other one is everything will work out. It always does. It always does. (laughs) It always does. And it's like, I think people forget that there's always going to be an exception to everything always, but for the most part, no matter what challenge we had facing us, no matter what thing we were afraid was going to happen in the end, most things always work out. And so when we're looking at these changes, it's like right now in this moment, I am all right. Everything will work out. And and just to kind of be in that space about change and looking at it from the standpoint of a positiveness with Joe Fiel and, and maybe a little bit of Uriel in there. I always did like fuchsia pink mixed with golden glitter, you know? And so here's Uriel giving us these epiphanies, these brilliant ideas of, okay, well, this didn't go the way I wanted it to. What's my epiphany of how to, of, of how to, fully take benefit of the way it did go. And what you're saying too, just when you keep mentioning colors and especially with that reflection of the now, each time you say that I see those colors and just want to remind people how life-changing, you know, on, on a pin, stopping to just breathe in a color. I mean, you, you disrupt the thoughts that are maybe going to spiral and then lead to actions, God forbid, you know, that, that really mm-hmm. throw a situation out of control, particularly like if people are having a conflict or an argument and, and it's just, you know, going to erupt and then you can't take things back. And especially watch the, you know, Mars and Virgo can be cutting words that, you know, we can't put them back in our mouths. And so 
when we see that stuff coming up to stop um, or feel like that change is like, whoa, why is this coming at me? To just breathe in those colors, it's just, it's huge. We all are light beings. And I can't stress that enough. It's not just some theoretical theme. Um, there's a thing, and I don't want to sidetrack too much, but it's called a darkness retreat. And people have rooms that are custom built for darkness. And people go for, monks did it for months and some old traditions, the first nine years, you know, of their lives. I mean, it's, it's a really deep thing. But after 72 hours, humans, the human brain starts to be able to actually see light and color in the room. And, and, and it's got to be a very specifically built structure, but it's a reminder. It's the, you know, awareness, we are light. And I, we don't obviously always see that full spectrum in our regular date nights, you know, circadian rhythms and everything, but we are that. And so that go back to color if you're in a moment and work with the archangel and that color and just breathing it into your system till you feel calm again. And the other thing with the change, and I don't know, again, you've been reading for years too. And how often do we get clients saying, I'm not happy with this situation. And then change comes and it's like, but I don't want to change my situation. Right. And it's like, well, you know, maybe. And again, going to the Venus, what does your heart really desire? And if you connect with that core and a color and a feeling of what you are, your soul is wanting to move towards, then it's not so hard to make that change or let go of something that's just really a source of unhappiness, you know, or to begin to let go. Right. So before we go to the nodes, I think that the nodes, the concept of the nodes of which I'm fascinated, I think that's a, a concept that maybe a lot of people don't understand or don't even know what we're talking about. So tell people what the nodes are, and then you can tell them about the whole, I think you said it was Aries, Leo. Libra, yeah, they're Libra, shifting. Aries, yeah, yeah. So this is, um, you know, the in Western astrology, we, we look at the 10 planets, moon is a planet, you know, the sun is a planet in, in Western astrology, which may sound odd you know, as compared to astronomy, but we look at the nodes of the moon and there's a lot of kind of carryover from Eastern astrology in terms of how Westerners interpret it. But the, the short of it is the North node, we think about our future or where our experience is leading us. And the South node is our experience or talents we came in with and you know, almost like old hat. And, and some of it's, you know, now I don't want to do that this way anymore. And what's interesting, so those nodes shift about every 18 months with the eclipses. And so we go through cycles and the odd thing, unlike the other planets that we track, they move backwards. Mm -hmm. So they're moving from the Scorpio Taurus axis to the Aries Libra one. And this will be the North node or future in Aries and the South in Libra. And that is a really interesting continuum because Aries, we think of pioneering, mm -hmm. the where are we going to be really brave? The shadow side is, of course, not caring what anybody thinks to, to the point of insensitivity. So it's opposite or it's medicine, if we think about it, is Libra, which 
really wants that aesthetic, right? I mean, it's the sign that's symbolized by the scale. So it, it wants to be considerate of everyone in the room and find the balance, which of course is ever changing. So it's in a, you know, it's this elusive, you know, quest um, to come in with, with some Libra aspects, but it, the decorum, the diplomacy, we're using the nice words, <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> to, to, you know, again, I, I guess it must be that Mars and Virgo coming up, you know, that I'm like, yeah, remember. So they're shifting and that's where the eclipses um, in October are going to be, where we, you know, get our final eclipse, the 28th of October um, with the Scorpio aspect. And then we get, we get more into this alignment of the cardinals. And so the big shift of going from fixed to cardinal on these eclipses, fixed is like, again, talk about this change thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, nope, I do it this way. That's how I've always done it. And I'm not you know, mm -hmm. I'm fixed, you know, it is what it sounds like. And so for things that are integrity that you can always count on someone for being there and being that quote rock, those things obviously are endurance is a good thing. But where we're too rigid and too inflexible, you know, the shift for things maybe we've been ruminating on for the last 18 months, or I would say even going back through the whole Saturn Aquarius transit back mm -hmm. to that, the cardinals are where we make the progress. We take the initial steps. They initiate each season. So if people who are not that familiar with astrology we think of the beginning of summer, that's the sun sign of cancer. We think the beginning of the fall, that's Libra. The beginning of winter is Capricorn. The beginning of spring is Aries, of course. Mm -hmm. And so those are all what we call the cardinal or initiating signs. So if you've been thinking about something for a long time, this period that's opening up is where you get to kind of like the you know, similar to the energy at the beginning of the year, you actually, um, when Mercury goes back into Capricorn, one of those cardinals, you go, oh, wow. You know, I keep seeing the images we're saying this of, you know, I can't even really imagine how it felt, but when they actually put their feet on the moon, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, whoa, this is new. This is like completely foreign, but so exciting and an accomplishment. And I'm now not just thinking about, it. I'm actually, you know, uh, here, feet on the ground doing it. So the, the things that people have maybe been, again, depending on that timeline, um, it, whether it's been these last 18 months where the eclipses and the nodes have been in the fixed energy, and maybe there've been blocks where people really couldn't move far. I got to finish school or, you know, I got to, whatever the thing is, now it's going to be a period of, no, you actually get to get out there in the field and do it and start taking those ideas and putting them, you know, into, into practice, into your daily life. And it's, so in that sense, to me, it's very exciting, especially with the North one in um, Aries. I mean, that is the bold adventuring sign um, that has the courage, you know, that it's mantras, you know, just do it. Right. <laughs> these last, I think you said these last about 18 months. Mm -hmm. 18, so we're going to be in this all the way till like March of 2025. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all next year. 
again, this makes the reflective time for me just to jump back for a second of December and where we're heading into the new year all the more important because we are starting a whole new adventure that's going to last us 18 months. And so I think that makes it really important for us to like be in this moment in space of this of this node change that's going to happen to us in October or happen with us, not to us, yes. <laughs> happen with us as being something that we should be like going into with a hopeful heart that we should be going in with this like, oh, my God, the sky is the limit. Where do I want to go with this? What is my vision? A little bit of that for me is Gabrielle, because I think of Gabrielle as, first of all, she is the Archangel of Communication, as we mentioned earlier, but she's also the Archangel of Creativity and Motivation. So it's like being motivated to create, to like take some sort of like make a plan for this amazing time where the energy is changing. I'm presuming from Pisces Virgo. Uh, from the fix so no it's been scorpio um taurus um it's been in the fix because they move backwards but yeah (laughs) between the two of us like yeah that's why it's so much fun to do it with a fellow astrologer because i was getting mercury backwards and (laughs) so it's it's always good and then the other thing to note these these nodes actually change on the 17th of july on the new cancer moon and some of this won't be you know out there posted yet but remember people can kind of tap into that what i love about cancer energy not only is it you know obviously one of our initiating signs i just think it's there is a like a double meaning or another layer to the nodes actually shifting on the 17th of July under oh, a I new cancer wrong. moon. So this is happening July 17th, well, yeah, not October. So we'll get to, yeah, it's it's the eclipse that we'll get in, in um, October. October. Yeah, yeah October, that's okay. October. No, no, no. So through um, to the end of 2024 then. Yes, 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 yes. And so, and, um, and I'd have to check early 2025 to see if we, because we get some transition area where one eclipse will be like this year in October. One will be still in the Scorpio, the last and then the other one will be um, the Aries one, just because of where they play out. So they're they're transitioning. The nodes themselves will definitely stay, but it's the eclipses that are still finishing a cycle of the fixed. So just to be clear, the eclipses are finishing out their fixed thing that will be the last one on October 28th. And then the nodes themselves are changing in the cancer cycle, the um, under the cancer moon uh, on July 17th. So the other part of that, that really resonated with what you were saying is I always find cancer energy, such a, like a beautiful, that nostalgic heart centered, what's really important in my heart. And we think of it as maybe nurturing or mothering. And so if you think of your little inventions that are going to be birthed during these next 18, 19 months, this time period, blessing them, you know, as a mother would, you know, it just wants to see you succeed. It, it wants to give its love, that archetype, you know, is what I'm kind of tapping into. But also the heart, of course, is, is where we find that truth of what do we really desire? Where does the emotion of, of what it is live. And because that's such a strong proponent of what we actually manifest, right? Because if it's, if our heart's not in it, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
it, it's it, people will feel that not only, but we're just not going to be that motivated or, or dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if we are connecting with that going, no, this is truly what I want to do. I have tears when I think about it. it, it resonates so deeply. And then we know there's this cycle, this exciting cycle of getting to birth it. And, and it's this, these new little babies, like your deck (laughs) coming out into the world, you know? And so it gets, there gets to be such a celebration of that. It's a new, you know, a new one coming into the world and all the people who will receive an inspiration and guidance for that, you know, in paths that you and I can't even know, you know, when you get to put something like that out into the world. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for this update. I really appreciate it. I know this is going to give people things to think about. And as you said, not just from the standpoint of if they happen to watch this when it drops, uh, but anytime through the year, they'll be able to even look back and go, you know what, I'm looking back to July and going, I remember what that felt like for the nodes to change. Or, oh, I'm listening to this for the first time in October. And it's like, oh, this is perfectly timely. I didn't know the eclipse was coming. So I think that's awesome. Uh, so tell people where they can find you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm feeling those people too. And I'm almost kind of, you know, that little like giggle that we do. That's mm-hmm. like, they're like, oh my God, that explains so much so of what's much. been going on. Right. <laughs> or just like, right. It's, it's not. Uh, um, so I, I just, I'm grateful that we like get to give you the, you know, the, the background of like, yeah, that's what was going on. And it, it's, it's not just you. That's what was going on. You're, you're going to be all right. You are okay. It's good. It's all going to work out. Right. Um, so they can find me at elizabethsoracle.co. There's a newsletter that comes out every other week. And so I break it down into cycles. Religiously. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's such a, it's so heartwarming to just those connections with everybody and the way to stay connected. Um, So they can sign up for that. And I made a special code for your audience through October 31st, because I knew this would be, you know, live on in the, in, in the, in the world. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Ariel, if you use the code Ariel, um, you get 10% off whatever you feel guided. There's just different reading packages and there are sound baths. There's a new sound bath because I have the bowls and I play Celtic harp. And so those are, it's like a new endeavor for me. Um, speaking of new things. And, um, so just, 10% off and the code REL and um, people can find that and just see if they want to check in, I can pull their chart and we can walk people through, which is one of my favorite things to do because it's just pieces of your life or keys. And I've had been doing astrology God, at least 15 years, but when somebody takes a fresh look at my chart, they'll see something that even I hadn't noticed right. or seen how that's working. So it's a beautiful thing we just get to share with each other, really, It's and, and help see where people are, see what transits are coming up. And then it's like you, you get a roadmap, you know, and then we can, you know, look at what's going on and then put it in that context and get, tell you where some of the guideposts are. <laughs> it's probably the best way to, to think about it. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So again, that code is R-E-L-A-R-I-E-L. So thanks so much, Elizabeth. I'm so glad you could be here. It's been a blast. Um, Such a pleasure. 
Yes. Really so good to connect with you and, and no, the angels. It's been way too long. Um, so <laughs> folks also keep in mind that um, the event that I have that's coming up soonest is I'm doing a Celebrate Your Life event in Skamania. This is myself, John Holland, Colette Baron-Reed, Dougal Frazier. I mean, we are talking my dream team here. This is like my dream team. Lisa Williams will be there. Don't know her, but I hear she's wonderful. Uh, so it's just the five of us. So this is a magical event in the mountains of Oregon. Actually, I think it's technically Washington. You fly into Portland and drive 40 miles. And I think it's just on the other side of, of well, the Washington state. It's a gorgeous place. They're doing all kinds of special events like uh, doing spiritual work with horses. Uh, there's a, um, an energetic photography class. Uh, you can even zip line if you want. You won't be doing that with me, <laughs> but you might be with me for the psychic and horses stuff. So check it out. Uh, uh, we'll put the link in the, in the information with this particular video slash podcast. So you've been listening to the Angel Tarot Show. Thanks so much for, drop, for dropping by and I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Elizabeth. You've been listening to The Angel Tarot Show with Radley Valentine. To discover more, visit RadleyValentine.com slash podcast. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.